This is Josh Mills. And this is John Mills. Welcome back to another episode of Acquired Tastings. We are very happy to have you guys along with us again for another wonderful episode, but it is a special week again, and we are on cocktails this week. So, and not only cocktails, we are actually using, having cocktails from the liquors that we used last week in our flavored whiskey episode. And not only that, Halloween's coming up, so we're doing Halloween cocktail. Yeah, so we thought it'd be fun. This episode will release the Thursday before Halloween here in 2022. So we thought it'd be fun to have some cocktails ideas for you when trick-or-treating comes, whenever your neighborhood decides to do it. And, or if you're just uh, wandering around or you're sitting in your front yard waiting for kids to come. So this will be a, a fun episode. I'm really excited about my cocktail. I don't know about dad. But dad, speaking of your cocktail, what is your cocktail you're using and what was the spirit from last week? My spirit from last week was a chocolate whiskey. The base of it is like lightning and it comes from King's Distillery. What is your base look? Well, what's your first fall before you jump over to me? What's your cocktail? Oh, my cocktail is the Haunted Graveyard. Oh, the Haunted Graveyard. And we'll get into what makes those cocktails and how we did them as we go throughout the episode. My cocktail is one that I kind of came up with. I'm using this screwball peanut butter whiskey. And this cocktail is called the Misfits S'more. Mm. I'm very very excited about it. Not only because it has a roasted marshmallow as the garnish, but also just that it tastes really, really good. And Dad, you brought some snacks this week. So what do we have uh, Are some Halloween? We got some Halloween snacks. So I did. Joanne said there are pigs in a blanket or mummies. Well, actually, it's toes, severed toes. And the other one is, uh, the recipe calls for jalapeno, mummy, jalapenos. Well, I didn't want to do that to Josh, so they're just plain old peppers, but they are mummified. And then I did pig in a blanket, and poor pigs, their ears fell off in the oven. Oh, no. (laughs) And then on the side, what do you see there, Josh? I mean, I see some Reese's peanut butter cups or Reese's peanut butter cup. That's right. Depending on how you pronounce it. That's right. So we've got Reese's peanut butter cups and some pigs in a blanket, some mummified peppers and some mm-hmm. toes and sock. I think we're good. Yeah, it's going to be good. Have you had lunch yet? You know what I have. <laughs> oh well, I'm really hungry. <laughs> well, it's uh, it's cocktail week, so I made sure to I made sure to load up on some food. I got on about eleven thirty. I had I had to hit it hard to get those babies done. <clears throat> oh yeah. All right. Well, we are going to start with my cocktail. My cocktail once again is called the Misfits S'more using the Screwball peanut butter whiskey. Oh okay. So. How is the, how is it put together? You got some really good looking stuff on there. Yeah. So go ahead and while I'm describing this, you can go ahead and, and snack. well, I was going to say drink, but. Okay. Well, I'll do, drink and snack. You can do either one. So I, I was on the Screwball website looking at their webs, at their recipes. They didn't really have any that were particular to Halloween, but mm-hmm. they had a fall, a fall cocktail that they called uh, the Misfits Campfire. Mm-hmm. We talked last week about the whole screwball and misfits thing. So I kind of modified it. What I did was I used an ounce and three quarters of the, that's the wrong cocktail, dude. Oh, <laughs> I used the, I'm, I'm jumping ahead. I used an ounce and three quarter of the screwball peanut butter whiskey, a ounce and a half of three six Madagascar vanilla vodka. Okay. Three ounces of chocolate milk, a good quality chocolate milk. And I rinsed the glass in Oaxaca Reposado con, uh, con Gusto Mezcal. I wanted just to get rinsed that, it. <clears throat> just rinsed it because I just wanted that light little bit of smokiness that we've talked about with Mezcal. And this Mezcal is really, really good. Uh, it's a Reposado Mezcal. Um, and it's traditional. It has the little mealworm in it Ooh. in the bottle. It doesn't change the flavor at all. Well, I know that. It's but- just tradition. Now, normally you don't do mezcal. I don't. Because we did, you did mezcal when we did one of the smoke in the glass and you left it here. Well, I did. That mezcal I did not care for. Actually, care, this actually this Oaxaca is good for what it is. It's still mm-hmm. not something I'm going to migrate toward. 
on the regular, but it it was a particular element in this cocktail. I don't I don't smoke my cocktails. I don't have a setup to smoke cocktails, okay. but I wanted that campfire flavor in the cocktail. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, well, I've got some mezcal. Why don't I use that as a rinse? And it worked. I it did work. Okay, it really did work. But somebody that likes smoke, yeah, smoke in the glass, might have put a little more. Well, that's I, don't okay, know I understand how much that. more. I'd have to do some experimentation. Well, and see, I you know that research is real hard to do. It's super hard research. Well, I'd start with maybe a quarter of an ounce, not a quarter. Yeah. So maybe you would. Add, I don't think it would go well in the cocktail. I don't know. I, I I think it would overpower it, and that's it might. that was yeah, the, it really might. That was the part that I didn't want to happen. I wanted just that light hint of campfire as you're drinking the cocktail. So this is like a chocolate martini that you rinse. You it's just not the, like you a just chocolate that, martini. You just oh put that goodness. vermouth in there and poured it out. <laughs> well, you don't use vermouth in a chocolate martini. <laughs> I mean, martini. it's mezcal, but you just poured it out. Well, yeah. Well, it's also you could say it's like a. Uh, Oh my gosh, I love this cocktail. And I can't remember. It's a New Orleans it's cocktail. It's a s'more. Um, it's a, well, yeah. So that's the play. It was this, I was trying to do a s'more here and have that campfire mm-hmm. thing. But you know, another cocktail that does a rinse is a Sazerac. Oh, yeah. So don't just say it's like a chocolate martini. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. There's lots of them that just rinse. And then, you know, it. I think it does the job. I think you get that nice, slight smokiness. And you get the chocolate, that vanilla kind of acts as the graham cracker. Mm-hmm. And then there's the wonderful, you know, peanut butter kind of back in there. Right. Now, you know, the. Oh, you know what, Josh? We what? forgot something. What did we forget? We forgot. We jumped ahead. We should have talked about the blindfold last week. We don't Not talk about week. we don't talk about the blind on cocktail weeks because we, oh. co- we don't blind a cocktail. That is right. I was, man, I was messing See, up. See, everybody, I told you, Dad, like that, the blind is that one thing that Dad's always thinking about. I am. And um, so we'll we'll do that next week. I yeah. thought, you know, I had it written down on my note card and everything. <laughs> so I had to go look it up. I was walking around here going, what was the blind? What was the blind? <laughs> oh, yeah. Now, now I remember. Okay. Well, and the other, so I lightly, talking about the, the campfire aspect, this and the smoke aspect of this. I lightly charred the marshmallows mm-hmm. because I like a lightly charred marshmallow. If mm-hmm. you are a person who likes a burnt marshmallow, by all means, with this cocktail, burn the crap out of your marshmallows as your garnish. Right. Because that will also give you that extra campfire, the extra burn smell. And you can use more in the cocktail. I What I was afraid of is smoke is a slippery slope. Oh, yeah. And once there's too much, it's gone. Like there's oh, yeah. nothing else about the cocktail that's going to happen. It is that's all you're going to be able to smell. The other thing you could do is if you have an air an aromatizer or a little you know spritz bottle, mm-hmm. rather than rinsing the glass after you pour the cocktail in, you could spritz it. So then it's on just top. like some people do with uh, abs. Yeah, or vermouth. I've seen it done with vermouth too. Mm-hmm. Right, um, but just there it would be sitting on top, and it wouldn't. Then you would get more of it. It wouldn't actually kind of integrate into the cocktail. Right. And this is, I so I'm serving these in coffee mugs, which right. I think is just fun. Also, these coffee mugs have faces on them. My dad's brother actually makes these mugs. Well, now he makes, he still makes mugs and he still makes the face on them, but he's gone in, he's gone into his hillbilly stage. So the mugs now have these hillbilly type teeth you know you buy that you buy that for maybe halloween you buy that little plastic thing you put in your mouth and the teeth are hanging out crazy that's the kind of mug he's doing that yeah but he's selling them like crazy yeah you can check them out crazy does does the pottery site does the pottery have its own website or is it just through the hot spring ed i I think it's just through hot spring ed it's on park avenue um so if you if you Google search hot right. springy dingy right. hot springs Arkansas, the store will come up and you'll be able to find the pottery that he throws. He throws great, great pottery. I love these mugs. I'm yeah, sad I don't really have uh, much, many of them in my collection. A little bit collection. younger than I am, and he's probably doing pottery for 
over 50 years. Yeah, and he 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 throws really cool pottery. The other cool thing about his pottery, and then I'll stop talking about his pottery because I love it. I could talk about it for a long time. But the the colors, Dad, in this true, the colors that he uses to glaze, he finds from natural elements. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he uses local Arkansas quartz in in the glazes as well. Now he start yes, that's exactly true. But he started. He's found a place up in Missouri where he's starting to buy his clay because it's the clay is the hard to get. Yeah, it's it's easier to get. It's cleaner clay than what you would find in Arkansas. But the but all the all the all the coloring and everything on it and the glazing is stuff that's local, right? Yeah. So have you ever heard of the Allen House yeah. in Monticello? No, I have not. So in 1905, Mr. Allen and his wife. Are we they, talking ghost stories now? Oh, yeah, man. Okay. <laughs> it's Halloween. You got to get a little ghoulish. So Joe died in 1917. Well, his his wife, Ladella, committed suicide in the south bedroom by drinking cyanide. Oh, and so, in 1986, the new owners kind of were walking around and looking in the closets and doing, you know, doing their due diligence of this new house they bought. Guess what they found? Cyanide. Cyanide. Well, this is a well-known haunted house in Arkansas. And since, like, the 1950s, the tenants who ever lived there have heard footsteps and moaning. Oh. So it's it's quite famous from that standpoint. Now, is that one of the ones that the um the ghost the ghost hunters, people the ghost hunters have been to? I honestly don't know, Josh, but I suspect so. Okay. I suspect so. So that's just I got several of these, so you go ahead with your drink and Well no, I mean that's I, I mean I'll that's get a, into another one or two. I mean that's about it. Like like I said, the drink's put together, it's shaken because it's got mm. it's not just alcohol. And I actually served it in these coffee mugs without any ice. Right. Um you could serve it on ice. But you shook it on ice. I shook it on ice, yeah. That helps right. chill it. But I So what's the what's the actual formula? So you got so screwball one you got the one and three quarter screwball. Yeah. Maybe one and a half. Oops, I'm remembering it now. You already said it. Yeah, one and a half of the Madagascar vanilla uh, vodka from 360, mm-hmm. which is a Kansas City company, by the way, mm-hmm. and three ounces of good chocolate milk. Okay, right. Because one of the things that chocolate milk does, it gives it that nice velvety texture. Yes, it and really kind of gives texture. it that coating. And like you called it a milkshake, it does have yeah, that really extra quote um, coating quality that you get with the milkshake, but it's actually not. Mm-hmm. And then I actually took one of my marshmallows and dropped it in there. Oh, yeah. That gave it a little more smokiness. <laughs> yeah. The idea. So the idea. No, Josh had his little kitchen blowtorch out a few <laughs> minutes ago. <laughs> I lit it. And he goes, whoa. I'm like, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm well, It started on fire. But one of the things kind of where I came up with this idea was I talked about the Misfits campfire, which yeah. on the Screwball website, it's Screwball cold brew coffee and chocolate milk. And then I started thinking about what do I like to eat in the fall? What's a great candy? I mm-hmm. love I love Reese's. I love s'mores. And if you've never done it, rather than putting Hershey's chocolate on your on your s'more, use a Reese's cup. Oh yeah, as as that, and you get I that. I don't know lovely, that I've ever done that, but I can see how they'd be. Oh, really it's really good. good. Well, that's what. So that was kind of the idea of where I came up with this. Somehow there's a bite out this of that cocktail because my mouth took a bite. How did it go with the drink? I mean, it went fine. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's. Well, it'd be a life life, chocolate and chocolate. Yeah, but this has a little bit of extra bitterness to it that it brings down the sweetness of the, co- of the cocktail. Well, so another ghost story is, is the garden light. At the bridge. Well, people have seen it at the bridge. Okay, so Josh is jumping ahead on my story, but, you know, in December of 1931, one of the things that people attribute this light to is there was a, a railway worker, and this is on the railroad, and maybe the railroad is still running, I don't know. He, he killed his foreman, 
He took a shovel, beat him to death. I meant to look up a spike mall. Well, I think the spike mall, I'm guessing, is the spike you use to move uh, the, t- the ties, the railroad ties. I just thought it'd be the hammer that they used to. Okay, I didn't look it up. I to don't hit know. the spike. I, I could be totally wrong. So, there's another story where, instead of this guy, a miner is looking for his wife or daughter. Another story, see, there's all these stories because nobody knows what's really going on. The other story is a man is looking for his head. (laughs) Well, that's like the headless. (laughs) Well, this isn't the headless horseman, but the guy is looking for his head because he was was maybe uh, the conductor or something. And the train was robbed, and they chopped his head off. Okay. So now what people see is they see a light in the distance, and maybe it's at that bridge, and they attribute it to, it looks like a lantern held by somebody. And that's one of the most famous ones also in Arkansas. Yeah, I mean, I know people who have seen the garden light. Well, I know people that went, and I can't remember, it's when I was in college, I can't remember if they saw it. You know, people are going to come back and tell you they saw it. But that, uh, <laughs> that doesn't mean they actually saw it. That's right. Maybe they didn't. Well, and, you know, the story the story that I had heard about the Garden Light was the the second one. The second one that you told. Oh, okay. Which was the, remind me of what that one was. Well, the second one was a, was a miner was looking for his was daughter or his the, wife. Was the miner, yeah. That was the one that I heard because Gurdon's down there around where they would do some of the bauxite mining. Isn't that right? I don't know. I didn't look up where Gurdon is. Okay. I don't think so. Well, I know it's in South, I know it's in South Arkansas. You want me to say, hey, Siri? No, we don't, <laughs> we don't need that. Um, But... Yeah, I, I've heard the story about it being a miner who's looking for it, and they attribute that because of the light, mm-hmm. the miner light. And it's near, I think it, I think it is near some mining, some old, I mean, obviously no longer. Well, what I heard too, well, what I heard was, and this is why I don't think it's near the bauxite mines, is I heard you have to go like two miles through the woods to get to the location where you might see it. Well, from the- So by the time you've, hiked in the dark two miles, you're scared to death already. <laughs> <laughs> so what about, what are some, have you ever had any paranormal experiences? I haven't. Let's, are you Wait, ready to switch? You haven't? Mm-mm. What? No, mom has. Yes, I'll That's get right. to that story in here in a minute. Are you ready to switch over? Or are we? <laughs> I still? mean, no, I'm still sipping on mine. I am too. So let's see here. Gurdon. Gurdon is south of Arkadelphia. Mm-hmm. And Arkadelphia is like west of Hot Springs. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's east of I-30 a little bit. Mm-hmm. So maybe it, maybe it wasn't, maybe it was a train. Mm-hmm. I thought, I can't remember. I know I've heard, I've heard both. I've heard people tell it that. Well, of, that's of exactly the, right. Of the, of the people- train. Exactly. Because it, 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 people see it on a train bridge. Isn't that right? Yeah. Well, on the train bridge or where the railroad was or still is. Yeah. Okay. So, so that's what it is. so they see two different things. They see this lantern. Back in those days, there was, you know, like the, he wasn't the conductor. He was, I don't know what his title was, but he had the lantern and he's shaking that lantern trying to get everybody back on the train. Yeah. It was also, and it was so a signal. A lot a signal of people man. see this lantern this light that's just moving yeah and then a lot of people like you're stating see the headlamp possibly of yeah. the train but the train's not there yeah i mean yeah because it's the signalman that was the name of them signalman, the okay because they would signal to the the driver mm-hmm. you know they would signal the conductors would signal to the signalman right. to say hey it's time to go and the signalman would signal to the to the uh, the driver that it's time to go. Yeah, this is a really <clears throat> good cocktail. Yeah, it's really easy to drink. This you could is... eat a million. You could drink a million of these and not know it. Yeah, and that's the thing. How much? And it's it's fifty. So it's fifty fifty. It's fifty percent alcohol and fifty percent milk. Mm. 
I mean, those are the, the overall proportions. Mm-hmm. Are it's fifty fifty, mm. and I knew I need to have a little bit more on the alcohol side because I'm use high quality chocolate milk, mm-hmm. and it's usually a lot thicker, and this flavor of it is a lot better than just store bought. Mm-hmm. This is definitely something you could throw in your thermos. You could take it as you're walking around the kids. Now, if you live in somewhere where it's very cold, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think this could also work as a hot cocktail. I think you could warm it up and you could kind of make it like a hot chocolate. Hot toddy, yeah. Kind of make it like a hot chocolate. Sit in front of the fire. Well, I'm no. I'm I'm thinking about I'm I'm trying to help out these parents have to go around and trick or treat or people who are handing out candy while they're sitting around. Okay. So that's kind of what I was thinking. Like if you live in somewhere where it's really cold, you could also turn this into a a warm or a hot cocktail. And the way I would do it is I would I would shake the two ingredient I would take shake the two liquors together mm-hmm. to make sure they they come together. Mm-hmm. And then I would add hot chocolate milk, mm-hmm. mix, just stir that together with no ice or anything, and then pour it into the rinse glass mm-hmm. or rinse thermos, whatever you're carrying around with you, Yeti cup, whatever. Thermos sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> but definitely don't skip the rinsing. Right. Don't whatever whatever vessel you're you're taking this in. Don't forget the rinsing of the cocktail. Mm-hmm. And when we say rinse, I don't think we've ever actually talked about this before. Um, but what you do when you rinse a glass? Is you pour just a small amount of whatever you're going to rinse with. Not even an ounce. It's just a little bit. Probably. Roll it around in the in the glass and then dump out dump out all the extra. Mm-hmm. And then you have a rinsed glass. Mm-hmm. And you can rinse with anything you like. To be honest, you know what you know what would be good as a rinse for this that allspice dram. Oh, that would give it a whole different dimension. The rabbit is right there. No, 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 no. I'll try that later. Or maybe I have, uh, maybe Will can try that because Will and Brian do a big, do a big, uh, or Brian does a big house display every year for oh, Halloween, okay. and they hang out and do the trick or treaters, and so maybe that get them on that cocktail. Oh yeah, you well, can even it's do this. About time for them to come back on the show. Uh, you know, you're about to leave again, so <laughs> <laughs> maybe I'll I'll have to have them come back on. Um, but this is also a, a cocktail you could batch. You could make a punch out of this, especially with the proportions being what they are. Basically, the vanilla vodka, the vanilla vodka is a quarter ounce less mm-hmm. than the. So, if we're looking at quarter ounce, okay. Math question for you now. Uh oh. Convert the I've measurements. Been, I've been drinking. Now you're going to do the math thing. We convert we the measurements. We showed on the <laughs> on the pale ale when we couldn't do math. Okay, so uh, well, we that's, were talking about three. We were talking about four and a half cups, and you go, "Oh, that's quart." <laughs> no, you said four cups, which is why I said a quart. You didn't say four and a half cups. You said four cups. I was well, like, "That's a quart," and you're like, "No." I'm like, "Wait eight, a minute, I'm really confused." <laughs> eight cups is is a quart. <laughs> eight cups is a quart. I thought four yeah, thirty two ounces. That's a quart. Uh, anyway, whatever. Anyway, now so, what's uh, the math question? So, or, or let me convert, just change the subject. Convert that recipe into quarter ounce parts what do you mean quarter ounce parts so if, if somebody so the only difference between the well the ounce and a half of screwball no it's an ounce and three quarters of screwball okay that's seven. okay so seven so seven parts screwball to six parts the vanilla vodka okay to what would that be 12 12 parts of you trying to do seven and six eight parts eight parts of the chocolate milk okay so that would that would kind of be your proportion so i mean basically you could do this in a 50 50 ratio between the screwball and the and the vanilla vodka i think you lose a little bit of the peanut butter though well i mean 50 50 well, yeah, there's, you know, three and a quarter ounces liquor. And what's the screwball? It was 40? I don't or 45? know. 45? I'm not. Now you're now you going into math that I don't care okay, about. I don't, okay, I don't either. <laughs> yeah, we're going into the percentages. All what right. ABV is this guy? Oh, yeah. All right. The most famous, as far as I understand it, haunted location is the Crescent Hotel in Eureka Springs. There's multiple 
apparently there's multiple ghosts. Okay, there's a Dr. Norman Baker who turned the Crescent into a health resort in 1937. And you talked about they weren't the ghost, were they called the ghost hunters? Yeah. On TV? I think so. The ghost hunters went up there because they went to where this health resort was because there was not just the Crescent, but there was maybe a, a building outside. And they heard, they heard, and they had, uh, their electronics just went off all the time. Right. Because it was a lot of people dying. Okay. And this doctor has been known, well, is a, is a ghost really known anything? But people have said they saw the doctor in the recreation room of the first floor of the Crescent. Mm-hmm. So that's out there in front. I mean, the rec room is very close to where you check in. That's so the Crescent room. Hotel is an old Victorian-style building, Yeah, I, I'd have to look up, and I didn't, how how old and when it was built. It's, oh, in, it had Eureka, the, it's in Eureka Springs, Arkansas. Had to have been the mid-1800s. Somewhere in there, you're right. Now, there's... A man, I guess I never saw his last name. There's a man called Michael, and they don't know whether he was Irish or Swedish, and he was a Mason when it was being built. A Mason as in his occupation or a as Mason his, as a no, Freemason? No, as his occupation. He was okay. the bricklayer type of Mason. Okay. And he slipped and he fell to his death through what is now room 218. Okay. There is another aberration. By the way, this hotel is th- is an active hotel, and you can go stay at this place. And you experience. can be in this room. Yeah, you, all these rooms are So available. there's another story about a man and his wife decided, the man decided, let's go and spend the night in this room. And she says, oh, no, no, I don't want to. I'm pregnant. Well... They walk into the hotel and she gets like, I don't know if it's the hotel or that room. She gets nauseous. And somebody said, pregnant women know it. Oh, yeah. Better than anybody else. Well, they end up staying in the room. And she's in one bed. He's in, her husband is in the other bed. And she wakes up and she sees somebody over in the bathroom. And she thinks, oh, that's, you know, that's my husband over there. He's got to get up, urinate or whatever. And so she doesn't think much about it. And she goes back to sleep. She wakes back up. The man's over there in the bathroom. She's going, man, he's going a lot. And then she feels somebody tug on her foot. Dum, dum, dum. Yes, it was. And so she said something about that to her husband the next morning. She said, why did you pull on my foot? He says, I didn't. She said, well, why were you going to the bathroom so much? He said, I didn't. They think it was Michael. Oh, uh, okay. Well, one of the things that you can do at the Crescent is you can take their ghost tour. Yep. And, you know, we didn't do it. The other thing is there's like this bearded man in a formal uh, clothing, and he's typically seen near the bar. It sounds like where I'd hang out. <laughs> Another one is Thedora, a patient of this Dr. Baker, who haunts room 419. So, okay. before you talk about any more of the ghost stories with the Crescent, I think we should go ahead and move over to your cocktail. Mm-hmm. The Crescent is the Crescent Hotel in Eureka Springs, Arkansas. If, you've, if you love ghost stories or... A paranormal activity or those sorts of things, you should definitely look it up because there is, like Dad has kind of shown, there's a lot of history and a lot of well-known and well-documented aberrations or activity that's happened. Activity. That has happened in, in the Well, the ghost hunters went and it's like so, their stuff went off the chart. Before we keep going with that, tell, tell us about your cocktail. Remind us what it is and what's in it. Okay. My drink is the Haunted Graveyard. And like I said in the preview, 
I use the chocolate whiskey instead of bourbon. Now the drink, okay, the drink recipe that I have is for two drinks. It's a half a cup of the bourbon or this whiskey. So half a cup is how many ounces? Four. Four. So four ounces. That's two and two. Four ounces of bourbon. Okay. And then a third of cup of maple syrup. Which is how many ounces? Um, three. Three. Yeah. Okay. And then the, what about? A little less than three. A quarter of a cup is two. Yeah, that's probably three. So then um, you put in four slices of orange and you put in rosemary, a good uh, swig stick, stick of rosemary. Okay. And then it doesn't say to do this, but I muddled it. There you go. And then on the bitters, you know, there's like this footnote, and I used six little dashes of Agastor bitters. But it said you could use, of course, orange. Right. You could, if you could find smoke, you could do smoke. I guess if you found the chocolate, like, you know, when we were in Louisville. Uh huh. You Cocoa could use bitter. the cho- Cacao use, bitters. Uh huh. So you're kind of open on the, on that whole story, whatever bitters you want to use. Well, I use like six dashes of Agastor bitters. Okay. So and then you take take your shaker, fill it up with at least a cup of ice, shake it for thirty seconds. A cup of that's a lot. I know, but you want it cold. Yeah. But anyway. Anyway, and then you fill your glasses up with ice, and then you strain it into your glasses. Now, the other thing that we did, you'll see that on the Instagram picture, is you, we took a swig stripped, mm-hmm. a stick of rosemary, and lit it. Yep. To kind of get that little rosemary smoke. Mm-hmm. Have you tasted it? I have. I've been tasting it since uh, three ghost stories ago. Uh, what do you think? You know, it's good. The smell of it, I'm not a huge fan of. It reminds me of um, orange vitamins, <laughs> like orange Flintstone vitamins. No. It does. That's what it reminds me of. Okay. Well, orange Flintstone vitamins didn't have that, that bitter chocolate in it, but anyway. I said the smell. Okay. <laughs> Not the I taste. The smell of that yeah. is where I get that kind of Flintstone vitamin thing. Mm-hmm. But the taste is really good. It really kind of balances itself out. That bitterness of the chocolate of that chocolate whiskey works really well. I would not go anywhere into the smoke realm with this. If right. you're using this King County chocolate, chocolate bourbon, right? Because that has so much of that austere, astringent Bitter bitterness that if you add smoke to it, it's going to take over. Now, so if you're I using did. a different, hold on. If you're using a different chocolate bourbon, like right. if you're using bird dog or something else like that, that's sweeter. Right. You may want to add in a kind of a smoky element because I think with those sweeter chocolatey bourbons. Yeah, you don't have you, that smoke. You may, it may present a little bit too sweet. Well, I, I think you could add the orange bitter too. Yeah. Just mix them, you know, a little well, bit of orange, a little bit of, yeah. Well, I did do what I said last week I was going to do. What, taste test? Well, yeah, I taste tested, but I did send an email to King's. Oh, okay. Did you get a response? I got a response. He goes, well, no, we never tested it, but you're right. It's really bitter. <laughs> <laughs> Is it, if the, and he said, "Is there's anything else I can help you with, let me know. <laughs> it's like, yeah, sweeten that up. <laughs> no. Yes. They did exactly what they want to do. And he said, we wanted real high cacao chocolate. So. Okay. I don't know what but they, I think you there's know, if you take 90% cacao, <laughs> you still wouldn't get this bitter. Because it's 100%. There's nothing else there. There's right. moonshine and there's 100% cacao. cacao. There is, there's well, no sweetener. This, there's no fat, no nothing into it. And that's why it presents as 
very, very austere. And you, there's a lot going on in this cocktail. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff going on in this cocktail. And you still get that astringency. So the other but it, drink ba- I, it's balanced out by everything else. It's done. The other, it. yeah, the other drink I tested <laughs> was Midnight on Bourbon Street. Nightmare on Bourbon. Not Street. Nightmare on Bourbon Street. But there's so much going on with that one. You know, you got your orange juice, you got your hard cider, you got your apple cider, you've got apples, you've got cinnamon, you've got ginger. I mean, there's just too much going on. I don't know. That sounds pretty good. Well, but I think it would be with bourbon. Okay. Not with this chocolate. Bitter. I don't know. I don't well, know because you, it, you talked it, about everything, everything there you just talked about was really sweet. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't. Well, no, there's, lemon's not sweet. You didn't. Did I not say lemon? You didn't say lemon. Okay, well, an ounce of lemon. Okay, but still, it, it's on the sweeter side and they have to use that lemon to brighten Plus it. Plus it did. Uh, it's, both of them had the maple syrup. And if you remember last week, I did the waffles with maple syrup with my flavors. Yep. And the reason I did that is because I wanted to see how that went with this bitter chocolate. Well, what I've been trying to say was that if I think if you were to use that chocolate, the the chocolate bourbon there, Mm -hmm. it would add a very interesting dark austereness Mm -hmm. to that cocktail. Which actually, for people who don't like overly sweet cocktails mm-hmm. or overly fruit forward cocktails, would add a very interesting balance to. What did you? What was it? Was it just the complexity of the cocktail that made you choose this one over the that one, or was there actually a taste element? So the lemon taste, and then the cinnamon and the ginger came. It, you know, you get that that bitterness sourness with the lemon mm-hmm. and then you kind of get some bitterness with cinnamon and ginger and then this just the complexity just to me it it worked right okay had i not tested this one that's what we'd be drinking well yeah i mean there were other option well. <laughs> well no it worked well there were other options but those were the two i chose okay it really worked well well, I'm gonna have I to like this. One. Yeah, I'm gonna have to look at that recipe and see, and see about it because you, the way you're talking about it, I understand. And you have to remember when you're substituting your base liquor, mm-hmm. you have to think about what that base liquor does to the cocktail. Mm-hmm. So that ba- this base liquor brings extra bitterness. Yeah. So you would have to remove bitterness from that cocktail recipe. So you're right. If I'd taken the lemon out and upped the maple syrup, maybe. So what did you know. do? What did you do? What did the recipe call to do with the with the spices and the ginger? Uh, shake it in your shaker. Okay. So what you could have done there to counteract that austereness no no no. And even you could have done it with the maple syrup is you could have made a spiced syrup. Yeah, oh yeah. With it. So then you would get those flavors and you wouldn't get some of that that bitterness just from using ground or grated kind of stuff. And you get right. then you would add this complex syrup, which gives you all those flavors plus that sweetness, which would counteract that extra bitterness that you're now bringing. Yeah. And the loss of sweetness from going from a bourbon to a moonshine based bitter. Right. And so Again, that would have added a lot of work, <laughs> you know, making making that. Oh, a simple syrup. A syrup's easy to make, Dad. I know, I know, but it's time. <laughs> it's time consuming. It's time. Oh, come on, you're retired. I know, but you know, I still got a time restraint. So, talk. Go back and talk a little bit more about the crescent. Do you have a, Do you have more stories about the crescent? Because oh, if well, not, I have a question to ask, so you can no, tell us. There story. is. There is our family story. Yep. Go ahead. And- so I don't remember exactly what year it was. Joanne and I got married in, in March of 1977. So March of probably 15 years ago, huh? we went to the Crescent. We yeah. didn't stay at the Crescent, but we went to the Crescent for a nice meal. You know, okay. Uh, you know, a anniversary meal. 
and the crescent was there were things going on with the crescent they had they had some kind of uh, group thing going on so there were a lot of people at the bar there's a lot of distractions they'd closed off for whatever reason they'd closed off half the restaurant so i'm looking at joanne and the open part of the restaurant joanne's looking at me in the closed part of the restaurant all of a sudden her eyes you you heard a deer in the headlights uh-huh her eyes were deer in the headlights her, eyes, mean, got her eyes were just her eyes got big as big place yeah and i look at her and she, i go what she said i think i saw something i said well what'd you see she says well i don't really know she said i saw this guy come through the wall and okay. then walk through the restaurant, that closed part, and go through the other opposite wall. I oh. said, what? She said, yeah. And I said, well, how was the guy dressed? She said, he had some kind of uniform on. I said, what kind? She said, Civil War. I'm going to say. So, I'm not real sure, she said. So that means the Crescent was probably built in the early 1800s. Well, I, I think that. I think that's for sure. And so somebody came to refill our water glasses. And Joanne says to that person, I think I saw something. She goes, well, what did he look like? And Joanne told her. And the woman said, oh, well, that's, she gave us his name. Yeah. As if everybody in the, in the, <laughs> in the hotel knows. Oh, that's just so, you know, that's just, and it's like, there's another one. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's it like you, like we've said, it's super well known. I thought there was a story of a time that y'all were staying there. We've never stayed there. Really? Not that I. Cause I thought there, I thought there was a story where y'all were staying there. It may have been somewhere else in Eureka Springs. Y'all were staying there. Cause Eureka Springs, by the way, is also in and of itself active paranormal, paranormal. Well, there's not just the Crescent Hotel, but anyway, hold on. Let me tell the, let me tell the story. Well, I'm trying to remember the name of the other hotels. Well, while you're thinking of that, let me tell the story because there's a story that I've heard of the mom. Y'all were staying at a hotel up in Eureka Springs, known to be haunted. She thought she heard something at the door uh, in the middle of the night. Got mm-hmm. up, opened the door, looked one way down the hallway, didn't see anything, and then looked the other way and thought she saw it she saw somebody in a mirror that was at the end of the hall mm. back the way that she had been looking. And then she shut the door and went back. Cause mom's had like three or four I'd have experiences. To ask her about, I've had to ask her about that. It's like mom's had three or four experiences and you have not had any, and you are more the believer, I'm the believer. and mom I'm is the a believer. Mom's a reluctant believer. She she'll, believes because she's, because of the stuff she's seen. She'll see that UFO land and the people come out. Yeah. And she'll be like, and eh, she'll, I don't know, and, about I don't and, know how I feel about that. Well, and, and then she'll go, oh, that's fake. I'm the believer. I want to see that stuff. So have you ever had no. any, you've never, you've never seen a ghost? No. Any, any type of, never had the, any type of premonition or well felt well, like somebody was messing with you? Okay. One, one time. As a teenager, whatever, kid, we yeah, kid. We're all older than a kid, but so we're living in the house in in Hot Springs, over by the lake. And I hear this beer bong, beer bong, like a like a bing like a bing bong like a bing yeah, bong. Okay, kind of like bing bong, but it's bing Okay, and, I, and it wakes me up. I'm going. Oh, excuse me, what is that? I actually got up and I was thinking, because that sound and waking me up, I was just convinced it was like the top of the UFO coming around going, bim, 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 bim. Yeah. And I go out and look outside and there's nothing. Well, the next morning, or that morning, I said something to my dad, and he says, 
Yeah, it's that stupid woodpecker. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> Bad. <laughs> Neither of your parents were paranormal believers either. Oh, no. Uh-uh. Oh, no. Very, they're very rational, very grounded. Right. Right. Kind of good folks. Now I've had ex- I've had a oh, couple. I hadn't heard this story. I've had a couple. Of, I've told you this one. Uh, I've had a couple experiences. A lot of my paranormal feelings are more of just feeling. Uh-huh. Like I feel like something's off. I feel like something isn't right. Right. Um. Sometimes I'll, they'll feel like something has gone through me. But there was one time. So when I worked at Crush, see that's what ghosts do, right? They just walk right through you. So when I, when I worked at Crush in Argenta, Argenta is also haunted. Mm-hmm. Parts of Argenta is haunted. Uh, Argenta is a neighborhood here in North Little Rock, and that furniture store, it's a, they're all over there. So there's things um, the the um. Argento is like it kind of it's the old main downtown of North Little Rock, Arkansas. Right. One of its big things back in the day was it was the town for Union Pacific Railroad. Mm-hmm. There's a very large Union Pacific mm-hmm. uh, junction point there, just outside of Argenta. In the neighborhood there, there are what are called engineer houses. Mm-hmm. There's two blocks of these small houses where, if you were an engineer for uh, Union Pacific, if you had a stopover mm-hmm. in Argenta, you had a house to stay in. And so they weren't like, they weren't well known. They weren't, you know, they weren't really owned. They were owned by the railroad. They weren't oh. owned by somebody specific. But the down, but the, the, I call it downtown part, but it was the city, the city part, the main street part of it, mm-hmm. um, had all these little shops and restaurants and all this sorts of stuff. Well, you have a lot of rotating men through mm-hmm. the area, so you also had women who worked. Mm-hmm. You could always tell there'd be stores downstairs, and then there was always an upstairs. You could always tell which place was a brothel because it didn't. It always had a side door entrance. Mm-hmm. There are some places that have that had like stairwells to go up to the second level on their own. Or there were back doors that would go up, but the brothels had a just a little doorway that was between different restaurants or places. Mm-hmm. So crush. That's like Maxine's in Hot Springs. Yeah, exactly like Maxine's in Hot Springs. Uh, so crush was just a one-story building, and we had a little patio, and you know, we, the, our garbage our garbage can was out the back, our big uh, dumpster. Well, the building next to us was a brothel. It was okay. an old brothel, and it is unoccupied mm-hmm. currently. It has been unoccupied for a long time. It is above the uh, – it's in the building that houses are the oldest pharmacy west of the Mississippi that is still in right. use as a pharmacy. Right. Um, it's still there in Argenta. It's a really cool spot. But anyway. This this upper part of the building, the old brothel, is not in use. And I'd been told many times that there is um, there's a lady who stands in the window and looks out. Doesn't do anything. She's just there. Mm. Just up there waiting for a job, basically. And I never saw her or anything. But there was one night. One night after a couple of nights of where I was just kind of like, somebody's watching me. Like, it's middle of the, it's, you know, it's late at night. Somebody, somebody's up there watching me. Mm. And I don't really know. And I would look and I'd never see anything until this one time I was taking the trash out and I'm taking it out. It's dark lights are out clear night. And I look up and there she is. Mm. And it's just, she, it's just a, it's just a premonition of a, of a woman in, you know, kind of a, a wild west 18th century kind of dress. Well, okay. And she just, she just is there. And I told I told a couple people like, oh yeah, that's that's the lady in the window. And they're like, oh, they're like you finally saw her. I was like, yeah. I w- I thought y'all were a little crazy at first, but I finally. And then after that, I I would have more feelings that somebody was watching me. It was never bad. It was right. just that somebody's mm-hmm. watching me. I'm feeling it. And then I saw then I saw her actually like two more times. Really? Yeah. And I, but it, she was just up in the window. She never moved. She never did anything. She was just 
up there in the window. Yeah. Just kind of hanging out, <laughs> checking out, and just seeing what's going on. Yeah. And there's actually, there's a guy named Paul Prater who does Argenta ghost tours. Oh, okay. Around this time of the year, around okay. the Halloween time. And he does a really good job. And he goes to all the different spots around Argenta that are known for haunting. Well, okay. And it's a real, it's a really cool little tour. So if you're in central Arkansas and you like that kind of stuff, be watching out. I think he posts mostly on Facebook okay. where you could just kind of search Argenta ghost tours. Yeah. And he does them. And they're really, it's a really good tour. Paul's a really cool guy too. He does, um, he, he does a lot of like those styles of like paranormal kind of shows. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But anyway, that's, that's my. It's my one true experience that I can say. There have been other times where just stuff doesn't feel right. Right. And you can't put your finger on why right. or what's wrong. And you're like, I'm not going that way. I'm not walking out that way or it feels family, cold. My family sees them. I don't see them. I believe. <laughs> I think Marie's, Marie's even had some. Probably. I mean, Marie's traveled enough that, <laughs> that she's seen a lot. We were in uh, D- Dunedin, New Zealand. It's um like the first the first city on the on the South Island. <laughs> no. The North North Island. North Island. It, not the anyway. And so uh we just we'd had our our dinner that night and we were walk, walking back to our hotel and uh there's these people dressed in you know, that eighteen hundred type of clothing. And, uh, you know, I was like 20 of them walking through there. And so I go up to the head guy and I go, what are y'all doing? He says, oh, we're doing a ghost tour. You want to join? I go, okay. So we go to the Presbyterian church and he talks about the woman that was going to get married and her husband, Joseph, or not husband, but her fiance, jilted her. And at that time, the sea came up to where that, that Presbyterian church is. And she jumped to her death into the rocks of the sea. And then he comes over at our hotel. And he goes, and I'm going, what are you doing? The tour guide? Yeah. I go, you're just walking us home? And he goes, no, no. We're going to talk about the ghost in this building. I go, we're spending the night here. He goes, well, there is a ghost in here. And I go, really? And he goes, yeah. So-and-so, you know, he told us the name. And he said, I forget how the ghost died. You know, that thing about a ghost is that they die and they got unfinished business, typically. And he goes, right. He goes, uh, so-and-so, you know, he, he died and he's still here haunting. And the main thing is people will hear in the middle of the night somebody mopping the floor. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. But that that was uh, the closest we came, I guess. Uh, we never heard it. You know, I wanted to walk around the halls in the middle of the night, but no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So one more, one more, one um, more. Is this an Arkansas one? Oh yeah, these are all Arkansas that I'm doing. So we went to uh, the first Presbyterian Church uh, when we first came to Little Rock, which is in downtown. Which is downtown. It started like in 1828. It's moved around. There's been different buildings. The building they're in right now started in 1925. Well, in April of 1927, there was a 12-year-old white girl, uh, Floria McDonald, and she was found dead in the Belfry. Well, unfortunately, the person that found her was the black janitor uh frank dixon you know because he he smelled this persistent smell his son lonnie because lonnie was like eight and some other white girls said that this black kid you know attacked me blah 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 so poor lonnie became the prime suspect well after 24 hours of straight questions from the police, he confessed. Well, they moved him to Texarkana. So, for listeners' sake, Texarkana 
is about 150 miles from Little Rock to the southwest corner. It's it's literally on the border between Arkansas and Texas. The yeah, city there's actually a, there's actually blitz. a Texacana, Texacana, Arkansas, and a Texacana, Texas. Yes. And so they moved him there. Well, it's a good thing they moved him because, you know, a white mob came the next day of a, I didn't write down how many thousand, but there were thousands of people that were looking for this kid and they didn't find him. The story goes on and on and on. The story that I read does not say haunted, but the story I heard from Flash Gordon, who was the Presbyterian minister when we went there, was that Floretta McDonald, or perhaps it's the young black kid, Lonnie, that haunts the Presbyterian church. You know, In fact, <clears throat> the ghost hunters went to that church and they got a little paranormal activity, but not, not enough that they could say, there's a ghost here. Yeah. Well, you know, downtowns, downtowns are always, always interesting. You know, it'd be interesting to see what the paranormal activity of the Albert, the Albert Pike building is. Mm-hmm. I think that one's, I think that building's haunted. Could be, yeah. I, I don't get a good feeling about that building. Yeah. And it's not because of its current use. It's more of there's some, I, there, to me, there's just something sinister about that building. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The old Albert Pike building here in Arkansas. Yeah. And, you know, the other, the other, the other place that I've kind of been speaking of downtown that has an eerie feeling to me. And I, I can't, it's one of those, it's one of those times where it's just something that I can't put my finger on. It's the Scottish Rite Center. Mm. I, there's, there's, which is next to the first, which is right next to the first, first Presbyterian church in Caddy Corner from the Albert Pike building. Right. I don't know what it is about that building. It is a beautiful building. I've gone to a couple different shows there. I've been to a wine tasting there. There's something about that building that doesn't sit well. Mm-hmm. And it's usually when I go downstairs. National treasure. There's something in there. I don't think. I don't think it's like that. I think it's. The, you don't think it's an. I think treasure. there. I think there are bad things that have happened in that building. Oh well. And I think. You it, know, I think it's haunted. Um, I think. So we moved. We moved here in like 2000. You and I came in 2002. Oh, my, my or 2003. You You and I came here, so you go to school. You came in 2002. I came, mom and I came 2003. Right. But I think at that time, they were not letting anybody the, in that building unless you were a Scottish Rite. I don't think they let anybody in that building until recent. Th- until like 2010. Something like that. Maybe even a little bit later yeah. than that. Yeah. We, we, I don't think it was till after I was out of college. Right. So yeah, there could be all kinds of stuff going on in there. Uh, yeah, uh, it's just a, it you get a weird vibe, and it's just a weird looking building too. Like it's this weird rectangle with some co- like it. Uh, I know I'm going to say that I'm going to say this, and it it's does, got it's the gonna, gurgle, gargles. Yeah. It's got the. I'm going to say this, it's and it's got the eagles. Yeah, I'm going to say this, and it's not going to sound weird to you, but it's it's a rectangular building with columns with big like Corinthian style columns out front. But most of these buildings you can kind of like see into. This is like, it's like just straight concrete. And then you have these big comms. And like dad said, you have like the griffins that are the eagles or what are eagle gargoyles that sit outside. Right. And they're massive. They're probably what, 10 feet? Oh, yeah. 10 feet tall by about eight feet wide. Maybe not that quite that big, but yeah, they're big. They're huge. Yeah. You know, there's a, and there's a lot, you know, I wish, I wish I would have known we were doing this. We were going to go down the ghost trail for this because Jordan has some real, I know it's Halloween, but we know, I mean, a lot of these conversations we don't pre-plan. Yeah. But I wish I would have known because Jordan has some great, great ghost stories, especially in Montana. Um, I don't think a Montana is a ghost country. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I guess maybe during the gold. They, was okay. that a gold rush country? It's co- uh, go, well, I mean, it was State. precious metals. Yeah. Well, I mean, Butte, yeah, largest open right. pit mine. That's silver and our largest open pit mine right. in the world. Oh well, that you Copper know, Mount, Copper Hill. 
Well, and Colorado's got to have, you know, they got the, they got all those ghost towns, quote, ghost towns. Minor, yeah. But really, the ghost town is just that everybody left. You know what would be something? But if everybody left, there's probably somebody, some ghost there's some people still there. there. You know what would be something fun to do? And this would be like a total, like non-pairing kind of, like a non-normal pairing that we do. Oh, this a paranormal? It's a <laughs> para-pairing. <laughs> paranormal pairing anyway but it's kind of like that but pick like a ghost story and pair something to drink with it oh okay like take you know some sort of ghost story or some sort of scary like true ish story and pair something to drink with it okay. if you like that kind of stuff and you like true crime there's actually a true crime podcast out there i can't remember the name of it right now oh it's the biggest podcast in the world i think which one well, true crime is probably the most popular style of podcast. Right. But there is a there is a particular podcast that they pair wines with true crime stories. Okay. <laughs> and it's it, We could start doing that. Well, I mean, we don't have to, it was just I mean, it's just something fun we could do maybe to kind of spice things up every once in a while and just you know, or you know, do movies or some sort of mm-hmm. non-food style style right. pairings. But right. anyway, well, Dad, this was a, your co- okay. So your cocktail grew on me. It's I still get some of the, and I think it's just a. I think for me, it's a presentation of orange, because there's a particular orange liqueur that I get that vitamininess on as okay. well. Okay, but your cocktail grew on me, definitely. Okay, it's good. Uh, it's uh, I if I'm gonna if I'm gonna make this myself, I'm gonna I'm wanna play with it a little bit. Well, you probably want to put orange bitters in it. I want to. Mm, I don't think I don't think that would do it. Well, there was so much orange in there. I thought about the orange bitters, and then I thought, well, you know, four or five. I actually had five slices of orange in there, and then there's just there's just some playing around that I would want to do with it. But anyway, but that was good, and you know, I I yours was good too. I think my cocktail was awesome. Uh, I'm definitely gonna have to make more of those in. uh, now both both of us had kind of a made up part to our cocktail. Well, yeah, we did. We we did. I mean, I I tweaked my cocktail. You changed your base liquor and mm-hmm. and modified it a little bit. And that's you know that's the fun thing. And we said this a lot of times. This is the fun thing about cocktail making to me is that right. finding a recipe and then making it, making it, and then making something that you would really like with it. Right. So, oh, it's tough duty. All this experiment. Oh yeah. All right, so next week, what you got? What are we doing next week? It's a wine week. Well, we're doing Thanksgiving wines, right? Oh, that's right. Yeah, so next week is going to be the it's going to be the beginning of November. Not quite time for Thanksgiving, but yeah. But this will be our last wine episode before Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. That's right. I think we'll have. I think technically we'd have an episode that comes out on thanks a wine episode that will come out on Thanksgiving. But we wanted to make sure that we ha- helped you have your bases covered beforehand. So I'm, I'm excited about that. I think we're going to kind of do what we normally do. We'll have kind of a, a, a wider variety of wines that will go with your Thanksgiving foods. I haven't picked mine yet because, like you said, it's a little bit before starting yeah. to think about Thanksgiving wines. Have you picked out a couple that you want to have? I have a list, but at the top of my list is Pontificus. GSM. Oh, okay. The Pontif- uh, Grenache base. Where's yeah. that from? Uh, France. Okay. Where else, man? Uh, Pontifus. I got gotcha. you. Uh, it's not. GSM blends come from, <laughs> BS, GSM blends come from all over the world. Well, they do. Okay. But Pontifus. Uh, four others that I wrote down. So whenever I. Let's see. But we'll do. Today, today is uh, Wine Wednesday. <laughs> uh, next week we're doing Wednesday. Uh, I'm not <laughs> yeah, going today, but next Wednesday I'll figure out exactly which one it is. Anyway, so we're going to we'll, are we going to do some Thanksgiving type food? Of course, that's what we do. We'll we'll have some Thanksgiving foods. I think we may branch out this year. Mm-hmm. You know, we've done two years in a row where we've done more of the strict traditional style mm-hmm. uh, Thanksgiving stuff, and we'll have that. But we may. We may bring in some things that may be on your table, and maybe we may look at some ethnic dishes that may be on tables as well mm-hmm. uh, here in the U.S. that may help with, uh, may do some pairings. We'll talk about 
how to do pairings, how what to, right. you know, some do's and don'ts when it comes to Thanksgiving and wine. And it's just going to be a good time. And who knows? Maybe there'll be a special guest on. There could be. Could be. Are you talking about my sister and her deviled eggs? Um, no. That wasn't my thought. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we could have deviled eggs. That would be f- Anyway. But there, I think what was that deviled eggs that you and Seth had? That those were the tr- those were the truffle deviled eggs from pantry. They sound really good. I've never had them. Oh, I'm I'm very surprised at that. Maybe we'll have to we'll have to do that. Did you like them? I did not eat them. Okay, I don't well, like I know Seth eggs. was saying uh, he doesn't normally go there, but I think it was one of the best on place for him. It was. It was for the his wine mm-hmm. that Waits Mast uh, Mariah Vineyards. He really liked that pairing. Mm-hmm. So we'll have to, uh, we'll come up with kind of a, our full plan for this. And, you know, like we said, we know it's early or late for our uh, listeners up in Canada, but. Yeah, that was Tuesday. <laughs> yes, it Tuesday was. Tuesday was there, thanks. Yeah. Um, so we're going to kind of look at that, but we're going to do what we normally done. There's going to be multiple wines uh, going with Thanksgiving foods. We'll kind of kind of spread it out like we always do between reds, whites, rosés, right. bubbles, all that fun jazz. Yeah. And possibly. Did we ever talk about uh, Seth's wine dinner with us? We, we didn't. That was really, really good. Yep. You, you, Jordan, and Seth outdid yourselves. Well, we, we, uh, we, ha- we all had a really fun time fun time doing it. So maybe that's something and we can talk about. He was struggling without any whites. But, <laughs> <laughs> but he, did a great, he did a great, great job. He really, really did. But all right. So... Uh, once again, you, uh, thank you for being along on this journey with us. Remember, we're out there on all the socials, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. If you like what we're doing, give us a rating and a review on your favorite podcast platform. Smash that like or subscribe button. Uh, we, we really appreciate all that you do. Feel free to always just send us an email, acquiredtastings at gmail.com. So for, uh, for Acquired Tasting, once again, I'm Josh Mills. And I'm John Mills. And we'll see you next time. Thank you. And goodbye.